We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. Online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jeff Calkins is columnist at the Daily Memphian, and also hosts the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how's life treating you? I'm good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, what do you have? What, what's on the docket going into the weekend? What do you What do you have planned? Well, planned. You're gonna have to. Nothing you're gonna have really. to do some writing with all these. Uh, uh, the jaw, jaw, and Dan Patrick. We have uh, uh, the 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 Big Twelve. Yeah, making there's a, a, making things, a visit. There's a lot of things we can talk about here too. Um, the uh, but in terms of the weekend, I've been so uh, waylaid by my health that I hadn't planned much, but now I'm feeling you'll be glad to know a little better, dramatically better. Okay. So now Good. I can join the living. <laughs> I would come in and do the radio show cause I'd already been away for the better part of a week. So I felt bad that missing it, but I was, uh, I was in ill health. So I haven't been yep. thinking about much, but now I'm feeling much better. And so we'll see what the weekend brings. As far as that other stuff, the big, uh, the, uh, it's funny. There is nothing that is not hopeful about a Big 12 visit. Right. There's simply there's there's no way to spin that as bad news. It's good news. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I um, I saw John tweeted, "Boy, it's going to be a nasty bit of business if if now they they don't you know get in." And I don't I don't agree with that. I think you're allowed to make a site visit to a place. Yep. And, as they've made site visits to other places, whether you ultimately, um, whether you ultimately, uh, you know, decide to extend an invitation or even, you know, add teams at all. I don't know that they've decided to add teams. I don't think they have. They're obviously clearly first waiting to see what happens out West. Um, so, um, but I, I think to me, <clears throat> his tweet was almost a, it was, a, it, it perfectly synopsized or summed up, um, the PTSD that people yep. around here feel about the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. To call it pulling away the football. No one's put down another football. There's no football down on the ground yet. They're, they might be, the footballs maybe arrived on the scene and, and, and that's good, but no one's put down a football. But it, pulling away the football suggests that, you know, that, that it, it's right here. All you have to do is kick it. Well, mm-hmm. no one, I don't think anyone's interpreting that's what a, uh, uh uh, quick visit in to see the, the you know what's up means it was interesting. I think it was Tim Buckley, the day Memphian, who got the quote from Jim Strickland saying he didn't know of the visit. Yeah, that is that's strange. That's very strange. Well, it's so strange that it puts the whole thing in sort of a question. Like, but uh, there was a meeting with the board of possible? regents, right? 
What? There's a meeting. The region, Board of Regents got met with. So that's, I mean, it's an over, it's a good sign. But again, like usually in the past, we've, we've, if the Big 12 is making their way to Memphis or, or to any school, I mean, that's, that's usually the, the acceptance usually comes shortly thereafter. I don't, nec- I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily feel that way. If it, I'd believe them when they say they're just doing due diligence on all the schools that they could potentially add. I would I would think it's totally understandable to do that. What I, what I think is bizarre is, is I mean, Jim Strickland is uh, first a graduate of the University of Memphis. Yep. Second, a, a big Tiger fan. Like, you, there's no question that the the guy who's the mayor of the city cares deeply about the Memphis Tigers, who has championed um, the uh, you know funding for the for the stadium. The big ass. Who has really you know come through with or at least helped uh, persuade the state to fund the stadium, who even now, honestly, as they're talking to the Grizzlies about how, who's going to get what, is, um, you know, I think advocating for the stadium. The idea that he wouldn't even know of a visit. Yeah. Is so Make nice. you feel bad about it? I mean, no, uh, I don't feel bad right. about it, but it makes me wonder what the, it. It almost it, at first it almost made me wonder if it happened at all. Like, could it? What, okay, we have a report that there was a visit, but then we have another report that the mayor didn't even know of the visit. Well, but Not then, sure. but then, uh, the Laird Veach said that he can't speak on yeah. any particular. So it happened. There was Big Twelve officials yeah. here, yeah. and Brett yeah, Norman. No, he, he did, yeah. Um, and so, uh, so no, I was reassured. I was reassured because my my instinct when I first heard there was he didn't know of the visit that that would be just bizarre yeah. unless it was very low level. Right. Yeah. Um, and maybe that explains it. So um, who knows? But but in in the larger. Yes, it doesn't mean that it doesn't at all mean that Memphis is, you know, uh, uh, you know about to get an invitation tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it does mean that Memphis is in the mix. And let's be honest, if at this point, after everyone who's left has left, including Cincinnati and Houston and UCF and before that Louisville and like everyone else who's, if they've all gone and left, if you're not under at least, you know, serious consideration among the remaining folks, you've been doing something badly wrong. Like you, you, you've right now reached the, the point where, um, you know, you're at the you're kind of the bottom of the barrel and you're like saying, well, you know, hope you, you would hope that Memphis would be able to stand up uh, against the likes of the folks who they, you know, who'd be the other possible candidates. San Diego State, UConn, everything yeah. else. I, and, and, and if you want to take some positivity from this, something that, that, that gives me. There's nothing some, but positivity. Yeah, no, but, but something that even gives me yeah. more positivity that this really could happen. <laughs> Obviously, Arizona, I think Arizona and Colorado are about as good as gone from the Pac-12 and going to the Big 12. And I, two things that Brett Yormark has said. He wants to double down on basketball. That's a good fit for Memphis. Uh, yeah. Filling out, a, filling out a, a uh, pro stadium. And also, he talked about strength in numbers. So, like, what number does he even stop at? Like, let's say they get Arizona and Colorado. They round up there to 14. Like, where does he eventually stop at? I think that helps the, the case if you're trying to look for positive, uh, it helps the case. Except for positive. Uh, my understanding is is that adding group of five teams does nothing to grow the pot. Adding power right. five teams grows the pot. So every group of five team you add 
you're now dividing the pot one more to, you know, you're feeding one more mouth. I don't know if I've got too many metaphors going on here. You're, fe- you're feeding two, one more mouth. And so I, I agree the strength in numbers is positive, except if every number means the existing people that are getting less money. Yeah, but, but um, the future of college athletics, to, if, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if, if we're talking about a sort of uh, – most people think we're going to super conference. SEC may expand more. Big Ten may expand more. If if the if the Big Twelve is thinking about strength in numbers and where their standing is going to be among the power conferences in the future, adding as many as possible seems like a smart smart thing. Now I, I understand the pot gets split up, but um, making sure you have a a strong standing compared to the Pac twelve and the ACC seems to be where where Brett Yormark needs to go with this thing. Well, I, I guess there's a couple. There's an argument for there is is that there's two different ways to look at it. Okay, you're fine. You want a strong conference as compared to the the ones you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, does adding four group of five programs convey a strong conference or convey a sea of mediocrity? Well, which uh, does it convey? Uh, like I could well, just, like, but... like on the other the other hand, you're like, well, we can't. We, no, you know. There's not a Texas out there for us to add. You know, there's not an Oklahoma out right. there for add. So given that we can't add anyone who's going to move the needle, really, from a qualitative standpoint, that's going to make a TV network say, damn, we had some reservations before, but now, we're, now you guys, given that there's no one out there who could do that, maybe what you're saying is sheer depth and right. uh, size and heft and all of that stuff. Um, it's like the Hubie 10 man. Do you remember the Hubie 10 man? I don't remember you, Hubie 10 No, man. no, Hubie, I do not. Hubie used to actually have two, if he had a 10 man rotation, he had, a, he, had, he had full five and then he had another five and he would oh, right. play him and play him and play him. And because uh, he didn't have, you know, there was no Kobe on that team. And mm-hmm. uh, it was Paolo. But, there, but, um, and so maybe that's the idea: is that you know we can't we can't beat them with quantity, let's quality, let's beat them with quantity. I yeah. can see that, but the yeah. larger point is: listen, it, there's actually been, I think there's been a bunch of good news this week in the larger in the larger picture. This is nothing but good news. Just nothing. Right. It's nothing but good news. We can you can Even the only argument we can have happen. is the only argument we can have is how good a news is it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, is it super good news or is it just good news? Like, but it's only good news. So that's good news. The DeAndre Williams stuff, only good news. The mm-hmm. news that he, you know, wants to come back for another year. Uh, oh, you added another wing, a forward who can rebound and score. It may well be your leading scorer next year. Uh, that's good news. I actually think the comments that Adam Silver has consistently been making, um, I think for various reasons, those are good news. It's kind of ridiculous that he doesn't want to, quote-unquote, distract from the finals by talking about Ja, and then everyone asks him about Ja, like it's kind of hilarious, but uh, and honestly a little tiresome. But if you listen to the substance of what he says, I think most of that, and we can get into that if you want, is mm-hmm. good news. Well, so I no, think- no. I, I had a segment even before you came on. He's disappointed, but at the same time he said eight games felt like a lot to him. And the free time Dan Patrick conversation about having an extended suspension. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And having free time may not be the best thing for John. Maybe getting on the floor is, is in the best interest of him, and it's definitely in the best interest of the NBA, but it feels like through his his stop there with Dan Patrick, he's prioritizing helping Ja over punishing him, and that's something you brought up way early in the process. That's what I mean, and that's it's, it's the it's the it's the it's getting away from the focus of of just how many games. It's what I thought they should be doing from the beginning, and which they seem to be doing, and he keeps returning to. If you listen past the first sound bites, what you get to is um, we want to help Ja. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and Chris Harrington was on my show, said the business of the NBA is making money. And yep. for them, it's in their it's in absolutely in their best interest for Ja to be a, you know, a focused, effective uh, Ja, the, the, the incandescent superstar who people focus on things on the court. Yeah. So whether you want to look at it as because they care about Ja as a human or whether you want to look at it that they care about Java the cash cash register, either way, I think both can be true at the same time. It seems to me like their it seems to me like their priority should be, and it clearly I think seems to be. Um, how do we how do we help this guy? And that doesn't mean that there won't be consequences. Part of helping him is having consequences for the ways he's he's you know when he's gone astray, but pretty consistently over his last several appearances, Adam Silver has talked about it in that way. And so I don't know whenever it's announced, if they're going to announce the other things that Jaws is going to be encouraged to do or uh, mandated to do or whatnot um, as part of his uh, path going forward. But, I suspect there will be a fair number of those things, and I think they'll be an important part of it, and, and I think that's to the good. So to me, across all of this, um, it's a little complicated. It's a little messy. You can already getting – you can anticipate if you want getting hurt by the Big 12. You can anticipate if you want mm-hmm. DeAndre Williams not getting his waiver. You can anticipate if you want the hammer coming down on John Morant. But the truth of the matter is I think all of these are, are – are good news for Memphis and Memphis sports. Yeah, uh, but Parth Hoop, yeah, let's get to the DeAndre Williams thing uh, there at the Daily Memphian with you. He uh, he says that Don Jackson has positivity on maybe getting this done and getting uh, DeAndre eligible by the Dominican Republic uh, trip, and they have documented proof of misadvisement, form of emails, text messages. The hard proof is what gets this done, right? I mean, the hard proof, the, the emails, the text messages, and – uh, sort of looking at DeAndre Williams' entire career is how the NCAA ultimately will come to this decision. And I feel pretty damn positive about it. Where, where are you at when it comes to DeAndre Williams getting another year? Well, I mean, he, Don Jackson has a, has, a, has, a, has a real history of being effective yep. in these moments. And so I think that's certainly helpful. And he had already talked about, uh, you know, the key to these cases. It's not just to – you don't want it to look like – we're just trying to make up some ass and throw it against the wall right. to see if you'll buy it so we can get an extra year that our guy doesn't deserve. Like, that's not, the, that's not the approach you want to go to the NCAA with. 
which if you're making this case and the case is that, uh, that he had to sit out the year that counts, by the way, when you sit mm-hmm. out when you, as a non-qualifier for people who don't know, when you sit out a year as a non-qualifier, it still counts against your, uh, the years you're, you can allowed to play, um, because you're a non-qualifier. Well, the reason he was a non-qualifier, this is the argument is because of bad advice he got, yeah. uh, when he went to this fly by night school and whatnot. And so he, they're basically saying that year shouldn't have counted. He didn't play. Everyone acknowledges he didn't play, but that year shouldn't have counted. And um, I, I think it's a, first of all, I think it's a, I think it's a reasonable argument to make. He yeah. didn't play that year. I mean, we know that. Right. And then if you, on top of all of that, as Pastor indicated, if there is real evidence of the, bad advice that he was getting at a time at the time. Sure. Now you look at him as a 27 year old who's, you know, wants to get another year of college basketball. But if you look at him as the kid that he was then just trying to decide on the best thing for his future and the people who were advising him, let him down in this way, why should it cost him another year of college basketball? I I agree. And I, I think there's a, I think there, I think it's a, you read the piece. I think it's a pretty forceful argument that he has. And so, although originally I was uh, skeptical of of the chances that he'd be able to play, I'm increasingly hopeful. Yeah, me too. Me too. And with the addition of David Jones, let's even leave DeAndre Williams out of the conversation. Um, what do you think about this roster, though? Like, what, what, what do you think it's a tournament team even without DeAndre, or DeAndre gets added and you you have that no doubter tournament team? I think it can be a tournament team even without DeAndre. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think it can be. Are you, are you also, by the way, saying without Mikey? Yeah. Uh, let's Sure. Let's say without Mikey, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll be a – it'll be it, – DeAndre makes so much of it work, right? Yes. Yeah. Because um, he, he does so many things. Um, you know, you can run the offense through him, really, right? And, um, you know, he, he was 18 and eight last year. I think he was 18 and eight, 18 and eight, basically. So he's just a tremendous, tremendous player, leader, sets the tone, all of that. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, so I, I think when you have the fulcrum, all the pieces can fit around that fulcrum. If you take that fulcrum away, it gets a little trickier. Like then, then I think there's more like, okay, even internally, they're jostling. Who's the leader of this team? You know, and and I think it becomes much trickier. Not impossible though. Team's going to have a lot of length and athleticism, and I yep. think going to be able to guard um, probably better than last year's team. And so you know, the bigs are going to be a problem. It, it appears, but I, I don't certainly rule out the possibility that an NCAA team uh, without DeAndre, but with them, yes, I would think we pretty darn good bet that they will be. Talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter. Um, have you seen like there's some national writers out there with the CP3 news talking about CP3 to Memphis? Does that make any sense to you? <sighs> Not particularly to me. I mean, I, when you when you look at Ooh, what national writers have written, uh, Chris Mannix talked about. It. I, I heard uh, on Jason and John today. This was uh, Matt Moore from the Action Network talking about. They should at least pick up the phone and make that call. Does that? Does, but ultimately, does it make 
any realistic sense. I don't think even with Jaws suspension, you should uh, sort of uh, I mean, or, you, you should you, you what, shouldn't what? you shouldn't do anything in the short term to hurt your long term. And I think you'd have to pay him a fair amount, and it it doesn't really fit. Well, the question is price, right? Right. And, 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 and also, but even with the price, even if he gave you a... If he'd come for the minimum. Right, which I well, won't happen. Which will not happen, but let's just say that. Let's just stipulate, if we're taking away price, yep. we're going to say he'd come for the minimum. It's still a weird fit. Yeah, Josh, of course. Josh's gone, for, Josh's gone for 17 games, and or whatever, let's just say. So, for 17 games, and then obviously trade Tyus. And then for 17 games, you got Chris Paul. And then after that, what do you do? I mean, you got running the show. And after that, you've got Josh starting, and you've got Chris Paul coming off the bench. Are you playing them some together? Or (laughs) I don't think you can play them together. I think it's a weird fit, honestly. Now, I I will say this. Chris Paul, although he has not – he's not the ultimate winner, right? He's not an ultimate winner. He is a winner. Like, he went to the Suns. Let's be clear. People were kind of rolling their eyes at Chris Paul at one point. They thought he was mm-hmm. done. And that team immediately became, you know, one of the best teams in the league. He is an absolute winner. And um, you could make an argument that that spirit would be very helpful to this team. But I think given the, given that there's one ball and there's like Jai is the leader of this team, and you don't want to – I honestly don't think you want to – make it Josh feel like he's anything but the leader of this team, mm-hmm. right? Even in his absence, I don't think you want to say, yeah, we're diminish, you know, we're going to diminish your role by bringing in another person and what you can learn from him or whatever else. I don't, I just it, don't know. If, I, if, I, I don't think that whole dynamic seems particularly if, helpful or if, healthy. If this is based on worrying about a jaw suspension and finding backup plans, like I, I, I am still of the thought there, the, your off season plans should not change based on what you think Jaw's suspension may or may not be. Like, I, 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 I don't think it makes any sense to well, – you should think of it as a short-term thing if you're the Grizzlies and you're talking about John Morant and, and the suspension he's going to have going into next year. No, I agree completely. I mean, I suppose is there a moment at what, at what point that would change for you? In other words, let's say – If there was another incident, I would, I would no, feel no, a little No, 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 I'm just saying is there, is, is there a is – there a, is there a, a discipline that would make it change? Let me, let me give you this hypothetical. Okay. So let's assume that you had decided as a franchise that you were totally comfortable before any of this happened, the second, before the second incident, you had decided, you know what? We love Tyus, but he's a free agent at the end of this year, and he's a luxury to have. <clears throat> he hasn't been great in the playoffs. He's been great as a regular season backup point guard. But we're aiming to do things in the playoffs now. We need to trade his contract because his contract is the one good contract we have um, that we can trade yeah. to bring back another reasonable contract. So if we want to go get Dorian Finney-Smith or whoever it mm-hmm. is, we got to trade a contract. So you made up your mind you were willing to trade Tyus Jones. Then this thing happens, and now you're looking at a 17-game suspension. That would not dec- – you're, that would not, let's just say, uh, inc- decrease your willingness to trade. You would just be, you would still be as willing to trade Tyus yes. Jones. Okay, let me ask you this. Let's say you hear from the NBA, it's a 40-game suspension. <clears throat> I don't think it will be, but let's just pretend. At that point, would you say, okay, never mind, we can't trade Tyus Jones? 
No, I still wouldn't. I still At wouldn't. At 40? No, I still wouldn't. I mean, you're talking about a core right now with Jaron, Ja, and, and Bain that are 23, 24, 25, right? Like, you, you have a future. I don't think you need to change your, your current plans to try to – uh, no, to, the to try is, to compete to immediately this year, like you Ty's still, you still have agent at the end of this year. You're going to trade right. the trade deadline anyway, unless you're going to like he's probably going to leave. So, I, I, I I'm if you're you. going to make meaningful change, make meaningful change regardless of the suspension, in my opinion. And his job will be get, back. You would, you would obviously need another backup point guard, right. unquestionably. But you can go ahead, trade Tyus, and you can um, use your mid level to get a backup point guard. I guess that's, what I, that's what you'd have to do. Even if it was forty games, I don't think that should deter you from thinking about the team with Ja in the fold because Ja will be there eventually, right. even if it's a forty. Right. Game and the goal of this team now, even even this year, even with as as hobbled as they may without Ja, maybe without Ja at the start, the goal is to do things in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that involves getting better. Shooting better wings, all of that, and and it's not, by the way, anything against Tyus. Everyone loves Tyus, right? Right. It is funny. Like, there's a, a woman who writes for the Daily Mention, not sports generally, but she writes, um, she writes what she calls is Mama Bear columns and mm-hmm. around Mother's Day, and she talks to the mothers of different Grizzlies and writes about uh, their relationship, but whatever else. And she's done this for two years now. She's never done John and his mom, but she's done she's done Jaron and his mom, and she's I think done Dez and his mom, and 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 I think yeah, and Dez's grandmother really raised him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, a bunch of but the one that is, more people have read than any other is Tyus and his mom. People yeah. love Tyus, and so the only reason that Tyus is being held out as the person to trade <laughs> is because the other decent contracts that you could maybe trade that would be helpful, that would help you bring back, because people don't understand this, but any, basically any dollar that comes in in a contract, you've got to have another one going out. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get a decent player, you've got to trade a decent player. And Tyus, it seems much more palatable to trade Tyus than trade, say, Stephen Adams. There's another, he, he would have a perfectly, yep. that contract could get some things done. But, um, but Tyus is the one who, you know, he's not Jaron, can't trade Jaron. He's not Dez, can't trade Dez. He's not Jock, can't trade Jock because they're too good. That's the core. Um, and then, you know, so, so who, who, who is, and then, and, and, and then a lot of them make no money. So they really yep. do no good trading them. And so Tyus is the one that everybody lands on. Yeah, but you can't get too attached to guys. Uh, Tyus has been fantastic with the Grizzlies. He's been great when Jaw's been out. But I, I look at the team, uh, the Nuggets, for example. There was a point where Will Barton, Monte Morris, um, there, there's some other guys along the way. They, they were important to that team, and they probably had some attachment with that fan base. But you can't get uh-huh. caught up in that. I, you cannot. I get agree caught completely, up. and I don't think the Grizzlies will would get caught up in it. Right. I bet you though, if you tr- if you if you uh, if you pulled. Everybody in the world who calls themselves a Grizzlies fan, mm-hmm. and you ask this question: Should the Grizzlies be willing to trade Tyus Jones this summer? I bet overwhelmingly yeah. they'd answer no. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I, I don't. I mean, it feels like 
it feels like with especially with the suspension and how well he's filled in, people understand his value, and we all understand his value. But at the same time, if you can go get that Dylan Brooks replacement and, and make yourself better in playoff basketball, you sort of balk at whatever the the suspension is, and then you know Tyus's value is Tyus's value. I think he'd fit at a lot of places, and a lot of places would a lot of franchises would want him. But you just have to make sure that you're not getting too attached to him behind closed doors just because you you have seen what he can do in jobs. Yeah, I don't think there's any danger the Grizzlies are. You know, I, it's right. only yeah, fans it's are. it's fans, it's fans. No, I agree, I agree for sure. Now. Last thing for you, did the uh, the last night Nuggets did it did it change your thought of this series? I was just delighted. I was just delighted by it because I'm anti heat, <laughs> and uh, and so to me the 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 what was what was fun was you know the first half obviously turned into a bit of a rout in the second half, but the first half was tight, right? Yep. I mean you didn't, and the heat had their moments, certainly at the beginning, and they had their moments. They were scrapping the, in that first half. Bam, out of bio slam. And, yeah, I mean, they were like, oh, damn it, they could go up two to one. Mm-hmm. And every time uh, every time it felt like that, Jamal Murray would drop a three on their heads. It was just <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Like, he was terrific. And it is weird that that of the two triple doubles, I think more people have talked to, you know, did, or certainly I focused more on him than on Jokic um, today. But I really thought he was the key to the whole damn deal. Last he, night. He I mean, is. Jokic, you sort of just you, you just expect it. As, as Dan Devine said on my show today, he said at this point he's Paul Bunyan. You know, he's just <laughs> he's doing Paul Bunyan things. Yeah. And, and you kind of just accept them now and expect them now. And his greatness is, is maybe not fully appreciated, but it is assumed. And so, uh, whereas Jamal Murray, well, it was game two, you know, they, they switched Jimmy onto him and whatever else. And that's the genius move that Spo makes. And, um, and so it was just great to see Jamal Murray, um, play the way he did. And I mean, I was among those who would have said, listen, they can't win if they don't do better, better games from, uh, KCP or from Michael right. Porter Jr. Well, they didn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't. But they still and they didn't get they didn't only have five threes. Yep. Um, but they still, you know, they still handled them, and that and I think that goes to the greatness, obviously, of those two players. I, I agree with Steve Kerr when he was on with Draymond on his podcast. He says that the Jamal Murray's the head of the snake. If Jamal Murray's getting his game off, it's it's so it's nearly impossible to beat the Nuggets the way they've rolled through these playoffs. But Jeff, appreciate it as always, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. That's Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter. Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11, also from the Daily Memphian. Um, he is a columnist for them. Now Memphis had some officials from the Big 12 that have decided to show up and do perform due diligence about uh, potential realignment, potential additions to their conference, the Big 12, that is. Um, and I'll tell you why, yes, this is positive news, but I'll tell you why you can be even more positive about this visit on the other side, right here on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. It's a 
Gabe Kunch on 92.9 FM ESPN. Per College AD, which is a site that just covers basically um, college athletics as a whole, visits that um, conference commissioners are taking, the whole nine yards. Per College AD, Brett Yormark and officials from the Big 12 were here in Memphis this week. And they met with the Board of Regents. That is certainly a good sign. I want to bring this up because this came out yesterday. But from bookies.com, which is a, obviously not a super credible book by any stretch of the imagination, but there's some implied odds and regular odds for next Big 12 expansion teams. Colorado leads the way, plus 250, 28.6% implied odds. Arizona, plus 400, 20% implied odds. And then right there behind those two, and I certainly think Colorado and Arizona, I think that's going to happen here in the next year. I think we'll start to understand what that's going to shape up like. But right after those two, Memphis at plus 650, 13.3% chance to join the Big 12. Now, I, we can disagree on if we ultimately think it will happen or not. But what we can all agree on is this is a positive Situation. This is positive to get the Big 12 doing due diligence on campus, seeing what there is to offer. I do think, and I, I, Connor, what's your read of Mayor Strickland not knowing of it? That is that is an interesting. That that's bizarre. That is very odd. That is very odd. I don't know if that might be miscommunication right now. Or I also know that right. the mayoral race is kind yeah. of starting to get, yeah, I get going. It. Maybe I, I don't. I don't know. That I do find that pretty weird. I, I think I agree with Jeff though. That it's it's just. That's a weird little anecdote yeah. of this whole thing, but I'm not sure that makes me believe it's no. not happening. No, but uh, even with Mayor Strickland not knowing of it, is uh, the terms he used, Laird Veach basically confirmed it. He right, confirmed right. that this did happen. He can't speak on exact conversations, but he keeps doubling down, and I agree with him here. They're, they're, they think they're in good position for expansion. And I, I, I have to say, even in the past, They've been in good position. So uh, this is not a guarantee that anything is going to transpire here in the next couple of years. But the academics are better. Carnegie won research. Uh, the improvements from a from a academic standpoint are apparent at the University of Memphis. Athletics are, are great, right? Athletics are great. Basketball, you have Penny Hardaway leading the charge. He's, he's recruits really well. Tournament team the past two years. Uh, football is still in a good spot. There's new facilities. You have uh, 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 Lori Walton facility. You have the the, the uh, football facility, brand new. I still wish I uh, I got to take advantage of that. But the influx of money also in stadium upgrades has got to be a point uh, of of discussion. And two reasons I really believe, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier with with Jeff. Two reasons I believe this is more likely to happen than it ever has been in the past. And I understand that fans uh, have PTSD over this whole thing. You've been right on the precipice. You get left at the altar. I understand. But Brett Yormark, since he's taken over as a Big 12 commissioner, of course, took the the four non-Power 5, the four group of five schools, BYU, Houston, UCF, um, and Cincinnati. So he, he's already done that. But he's also talked about strength in numbers, going into the future of college athletics. Whatever the SEC and the Big Ten do, he wants to be on the same certain, some type of level. He wants to be very close. And he, he said that, you, you know, you can't replace Texas and OU. You have to replace them with several different members. Now, would that split up the pot and make the pot smaller for each school? Sure. 
but he has talked about strength in numbers. And also, when it comes to the future of his conference, he knows football moves the needle, but he has said multiple times, this is why Gonzaga and UConn are, are a conversation for the Big 12, he said multiple times he wants to double down on being the best basketball conference. Memphis fits that perfectly. Now, I don't know where, where, where the University of Memphis, Penny Hardaway, where they'd finish in a Big 12 would be really tough. It's just a tough conference. We saw it last year in college basketball. But if you're trying to double down on your basketball prowess, Memphis is a good fit there. Now, it's a fairly major metropolitan market with a southern footprint. They need to keep going that direction because OU and Texas are gone. Um, and I've long said this, filling the stadium – football-wise, with the new improvements. Obviously, they probably showed the renderings when Yormark and the Big 12 officials were here. But filling the stadium football-wise, if you have a Power 5 opponent in here every week, it wouldn't be hard. It really wouldn't. Ole Miss, when, when, when they visit the Liberty Bowl, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, it's 50,000 deep. It was 50,000 deep for Mississippi State for that win a couple of years ago. I even date it back to this. My first year on campus was 2013. I redshirted that year. Duke was the first home game. And there were 44,000 at that game for Duke, who's not even a, a, a massive power five. They're not a power in football, even though they're in a power five conference. But people tend to show up when the opponent is good. And I think when we look at the Memphis fan base, yeah, there's an SEC footprint, but a lot of people latch on to Memphis. And basketball is filling a pro stadium. You had a sellout for that Houston game. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of programs, basketball programs, can do that. Regardless, point sort of said here. This feels the most real. This feels about as real as it, as it gets, as it has gotten for the potential for the Tigers to get into a power five. It feels like the the one with the least amount of butts. You know what I mean? Like right. Usually when somebody brings up reasons for Memphis to be able to get into expansion, into the Big 12, there's like five or six butts. But this one feels like, really, as if they just keep bumping that number up of the number of teams they want, Memphis is right there, man. It really yeah. does feel like the best chance that we've had to get in, in a, probably ever. Yeah, and there's dominoes to fall. I think Colorado and Arizona, the Big 12, feels like near a done deal for me. At least that's where I stand. I've heard a lot about the next year and, and what that could potentially entail. Now, Arizona State and Utah is another thought to the Big 12. That would hurt if you add those two power conference teams from the Pac-12. But I do think Arizona State and Utah have higher aspirations. I think it would be in the best interest of Memphis getting into the Big 12 if Arizona State and Utah ended up elsewhere. Um but I, I, I'm telling you, from a from a positive spin standpoint, from a from a actual realistically getting into a Big Twelve standpoint, I really feel like this is the most real it's ever been. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, but everyone should feel positive about where we're at. Do you feel like there is a magic number that it yeah, needs to see, be? Yeah, see, that's tough because. Where we're headed with conference realignment and everything else, how much is the SEC going to beef up? Are they going to take some of those ACC schools eventually? Um, when it comes to the Big Ten, are they going to keep expanding, bring on Oregon and Washington? I don't know what the magic number is, but if I'm the Big 12, I just keep trying to attack some markets that not a lot of people are looking at so I can get bigger. I, the strength in numbers thought from Brett Yormark makes a lot of sense because you have to try to keep up in any way possible, and to be able to have as many sort of schools in there, 
uh, in decent markets, that's what you have to do. That's how you have to attack. So that is that. We'll, we'll keep updated, though, as, as, uh, as these realignment conversations keep coming. I mean, it is – we've had a lot of news, a, a lot of reports, I should say, on realignment. Too much smoke not for there to be fire. There's got to be fire here relatively soon. Now, it's about time for small talk. We'll do that on the other side right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. We're sticking with ball a little bit, but it's more about a mindset than anything else. Dame Lillard, via Showtime, has said that if Miami wins a championship, because that was one of the uh, the, the big rumors is potentially Dame Lillard uh, making his way to Miami. He said if Miami wins a championship, that definitely will not happen. So he is not interested in mo- going to the Heat if they win a championship. I feel like at this point, Dame cares more about what other people think than he should. It's ridiculous. It, it, he might be the first guy in history when we when we look back at it that we started to despise a little bit because he was so loyal. Whereas like in the past – if a guy hops from team to team, the Kevin Durant thing, hopping to the team that beat him, we, we shoot people down. I feel like at this point, Dame is going to start getting some of that smoke for, for being way too loyal. He, I swear, he's going to be the first guy that makes his legacy talk. He's going to try to spin it positive that he doesn't win a ring. He's going to be like, right. I didn't run from the grind. They'll be like, okay, good for you. So did a bunch of people. It's just, but also like, at some point, the, the, it becomes the, corny. It becomes yes. corny at some point, and it's the, getting dangerously close to that. The, the hinting at like, one, cool, dude. The, the hinting at leaving Portland and then ultimately saying, I never said that, is getting old as well, too. Like, the whole act. I love Dame. I also, have a lot of respect for Dame, but damn, man. Also, pointing out that you don't want to join the team that's the underdog right now in the NBA Finals if they win a ring. It's like, okay, dude, let's calm it down. If they win a ring, I don't, want to, I don't want to go there. It's I don't, like I don't want to look like a championship chaser. Look like a championship chaser. Get that ring, man. I don't think people would consider him a championship chaser if he went to Miami. I just, I don't. <laughs> right, It's that's kind true. of crazy that they're in the finals right now. Yeah. Just come on, Dame. Like, I always think about that, too. Like, where would you put the Heat going into next year, even with what they've been able to accomplish? They're not a top three team in the no. East, even going into next year. No, they probably top four, maybe top five. But no, they're not, they weren't, they're not supposed to be here. Right, for sure. Come on, Dame. Now, we still have plenty of upcoming on the Gabe Coon Show. Uh, the Blitz will be around 630. We'll talk about the DeAndre Williams case, DeAndre Hopkins uh, making a visit to the Titans and Dalvin Cook getting released by the Vikings. Um, but coming up next, I have to introduce you to one of my good buddies. Known, known him since high school, um, but he, he played a defensive tackle at USC, was a big recruit. They got to USC. His name is Trevor Trout. He works for the Gilbert Arenas podcast. Uh, previously, he was with Clutch Sports as a talent evaluator. It'll be a fun conversation on the other side. We'll talk some NBA, NBA Finals, and, of course, talk about his alma mater, USC, bag you. That's bag you, man. They're spending a whole lot of money, but we'll do that on the other side on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. WMFS. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.